All right, you guys, did you see all the, at least the photos on Twitter about the statue unveiling this week? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we, we talked about it. I'm, I'm not sure why Evan sounds surprised. We had, you know, pretty long conversations. There was talk about, you know, Kim Mulkey wearing LSU colors, uh, you know, other things. But really, I want to talk about some other apparel, and that's those jackets that they were given. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, if I could go back and do it all again, I'd simply go back and be one of the greatest athletes at Louisiana Tech of all time so that I could get one of those jackets. What sport would you pick? Mm, uh, hmm, what sport would I pick? What do you think, Catherine? What sport would I be the greatest Louisiana Tech athlete of all time in? No pressure. Being mad about Tech sports is sport. <laughs> Did you hear that? Uh, yes. <laughs> and I'm just picturing you just staring at the football field in disappointment. Like they don't even uh, well, angle the, the statue out towards the parking lot like the rest. You're just facing inwards with a stern look on your face, full of anger at whatever team is out on the, the field. I'm just looking at all the other statues really yeah. mad. Your yeah. eyes follow people around <laughs> like in a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Like the Mona Lisa. Also, I feel like Catherine kind of said that in the is mayonnaise an instrument type of uh, type. Yeah, of this is serious. There. Yeah. Um, That's competitive. <laughs> it's you and the librarians. Yeah. The librarians should get statues. Oh, yeah, I I have a lot of work to do if I want to beat out Boris, the librarian. Yeah, they're pretty Well, you're fantastic. an archivist. That's the same thing as a librarian, right? I mean, I do work in a library, yeah, but um, okay. I'm definitely not at UTA sporting events yelling nonstop. You um, got to work your way up the minors and then come back to tech and then you can <laughs> really show your game in front of the, the big crowd inside the Thomas Assembly Center. For sure. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. You changed that on us. Did I? <laughs> Courtney. I think so, right? Didn't you say something different? Did he? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please. Maybe. A show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. What did you say? I swear you I said something think, different. I think that's what I said. We can rewind the tape real quick. <laughs> rewind. <laughs> I know uh, I slowed down because I felt like I was going too fast, but that's something that's I do a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. I'm also powering my voice to give me anything right now after, you know, just talking to Courtney next to me at the game behind those screaming children in Nebraska. <laughs> I wore out my voice just talking. I have one brain cell right now, so I'm not the one to ask if you said something different. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Either way, I have edit power, so I'll just change the tapes. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Louisiana Tech does not have that much power against UTEP, even though they do have a pretty good record historically against the Miners. These two teams will be facing each other Friday night. We're already to the weird part of the schedule at 8 p.m. Central in El Paso, Texas, or broadcast on the CBS Sports Network. Do we really only have a 50-50 shot at winning this game? Yeah, skipping ahead a bit, but yep, that's what a lot of the polls say. <laughs> yeah, I mean... This is really interesting. Like UTEP, I think, was predicted to be taking a step forward this season, but so far they're they're not very good. I mean, they've they're one and four on the season. Um, that includes 0-1 in conference USA. They were the first game Jacksonville State played at the FBS level. And Jacksonville State got the job done there in week zero. So they've beaten Incarnate Word 28 to 14. And then they've lost they lost two power five opponents in UNLV in very uncompetitive games, all three of those. So I don't know. I I mean it's an away game for tech. Tech has not won an away game in the Cumbie era, so maybe that's part of it. But 
the 50-50 is kind of throwing me off a little bit here. You can buy tickets for eight doll hairs if anybody wants to go to this game. It doesn't cost that much more to get to El Paso either, right? So I'm sure <laughs> this is still a steal. Yeah, I'd love to go, but I'm tired. <laughs> And it's on Friday, so I can't. Um, I do. I do really want to see a game in El Paso, though. I think it would be awesome in the Sun Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I said the one time I was there was for a basketball game, and those are indoors. In case you weren't aware of that. Yeah, the Bulldogs are 15-3-1 all-time against UTEP in a series dating back to 1939. Hell yeah. Back when they were like Texas Western or something like that, I think. Yeah. Something I'll like say that. with a question mark and have someone correct me on Twitter later. Yeah, UTEP was one of the three teams that Tech beat last year. Good sign. And won the four wins in 2013 as well. Yep. Shout out to my wedding. Right. Yeah. Okay. We were joking about getting to El Paso. Can we get to California? Because yeah. then Tech yeah. will win a game. <laughs> yeah. That was the game that gave me severe false hope for the rest of the season last year. Because I made sure I watched in detailed notes on that game because everybody was at, well, not everybody, but like a lot of the GTPD deers were at the wedding and I was stuck in a hurricane. And that is legitimately the game that gave me false hope for the rest of the season. Because we looked good in that game. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for, you know, the false confidence return after this one. Uh, especially because jumping to the UTEP offense, they have struggled to move the ball on the ground, which has been something that Tech has struggled to defend, so that's good news. 2.9 yards per rush on the season by the Miners, 100 yards per game. I believe that's filtering out the FCS game against Incarnate Word. Looking at that game, though, that's how they beat the Cardinals? What is Incarnate Word? Uh, That sounds right. The, I it think it's like- a red. it's a red bird, so... Red burb. Yes, they are the Cardinals. I got it right. Uh, nice. Success. That wasn't even edited. Yeah. 50 <laughs> times for 329 rushing yards. That's how UTEP beat Incarnate Word. They only passed for 94 passing yards, by the way. That's so, eerily um, similar to how we won our FCS game. Yes. So they've struggled running the ball all year, except for when they played a really bad team in Incarnate Word. And so that's my concern about their running game is that, yes, they are less than impressive this year, but when they play a bad team, they can get the ball going on the ground. I think the interesting thing here for me, like I said, they were expected to be taking a step forward. They've got Gavin Hardison returning for what seems like his fifth or sixth year as the quarterback of UTEP, and he's, you know, last year he improved a lot. He threw for 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, eight picks. I mean, so not great, but like improving from where he was before. So far this season, he's almost at a thousand yards through five games, but five touchdowns, seven interceptions, and he's been sacked 14 times in those five games. So, I mean, he's just not getting the job done. He's only completing 57% of his throws and UTEP, like you said, Nathan, just, they can't really move the ball. If he's getting sacked that often, is it a him problem or is it an offensive line problem? Well, that's the other thing too, is like, a lot of their guys were on the um, all-conference team last season, their offensive line. And, you know, this article I'm looking at now said, if the offensive line isn't the best in CUSA, it's not far off. But, you know, uh, that's that's kind of not looking good on them because they've allowed some sacks. They've, they're they not opening lanes in the rushing game against uh, anybody but Incarnate Word, right? So it's just interesting. Um, they don't seem to be taking the steps forward that they thought. And, you know, I don't know if there's a hot seat for Dana Demel, but if there is, it seems like he'd be on it at this point. Yeah, this is Gavin Hardison's fifth year as quarterback at UTEP, by the way. So uh, 
he has the experience, but he hasn't show, so far shown the talent to get UTEP to a greater record. Yeah, that, that passing offense has, has struggled, although not statistically as much as the run game has. But add all that up together, including the fact that they struggle to finish drives, and they have 14.8 points scored per FBS game. Yeah, and... You know, it's not like they've been playing the the elite. I mean, you wouldn't call Nebraska elite either, but yeah, we know, would. Th- we want to feel good about ourselves. They've lost thirty eight to seven to Northwestern. Northwestern's terrible, man. Um, shout out Skip Holtz, I guess. Uh, he's the like <laughs> assistant to the head coach or whatever. Um, they lost thirty one to ten at Arizona. Again, Arizona not really highly thought of among P fives right now. Uh, and then this 45 to 28 loss to UNLV last week is kind of just the icing on the cake. I mean, they seem like they're lost, honestly. Yeah. And that offense is the one that I'm hoping will have success against defensively and be able to shut them down after giving up so many running yards to Nebraska, especially since they are the team that lost to Jacksonville State. And Jacksonville State seems to be a better team than we had kind of hoped at the beginning of the year. Again, not great, but 3-1 and one right now with the one loss coming to Coastal Carolina. Uh, it's very possible that this is a much more winnable game than Jacksonville State is. And so it's good news that after we faced a very stout Nebraska run defense, that UTEP's is a site for sore eyes. If we exclude the FCS game here again, UTEP allows 5.8 yards per rush. That's ninth worst in college football. Mm. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, especially if you have Tyree Shelton back. This could be a game our running backs really go off against. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that some of our guys are back, right? We've been hearing for a couple weeks that Marquise Crosby is almost ready. And I'm just hoping we've been saving this, you know, all of our hurt guys for uh for conference play here and conference plays here. So let's, let's get Tyree Shelton back in. Let's get Crosby on the field and let's let these guys eat because you're right, Nathan. I mean, even just including all games, they're 118th in run defense. So even with that FCS game, it doesn't go up much from the, what'd you say? Ninth worst. Yes. 126th best. If you want to go the other direction. Um, Yeah. And their passing defense is better. But that's also just due to how often teams run on UTEP. You know, things like passing yards per game is a bit skewed because three out of every five plays against the Miners this year has been a run. That's also the 126th best uh, or most or whatever. So, yeah, they are they face a lot of running plays because they are so bad against the run that the teams that they face just end up running the ball against them a lot. So, hey, Sonny Cumbie, I know you're listening. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, please run the ball. Thank you. Sincerely, yeah, oh, Nathan. You don't, have to tell, you don't have to tell him twice. He'll run, he'll run the football. Yeah. Yeah. That air raid offense is working out really nicely right about now. Is it called the ground raid, if not? <laughs> ground crawl at this point. <sighs> All right. So what do you guys think? I know this isn't like a normal segment that we do. We talked on the last episode about Jack Turner. We talked a little bit about Hank Bachmeyer. What do you guys think? If Hank is healthy... Who do you start if you're Coach Cumbie? I want to see Jack Turner start. I think we start him. I think he, I don't know. Like, I just have this feeling that like we've seen. And again, we talked about this in the last episode. I don't know if it's a combination of like something is different with the offensive line with Jack Turner on the field. And I don't know if it's because Cumbie has just changed the way he's scheming or if he's calling different schemes for two different quarterbacks, which I feel like wouldn't make sense. So I'd like to see what Cumbie does with Hank. 
like now that we're, you know, post Nebraska and after this past weekend, but I want to, I want to personally see what kind of momentum Jack Turner can continue bringing to this team. But if we need to run it, maybe Hank would be the best guy since he doesn't like to throw the ball. That doesn't mean he likes to run either. I trust Jack out of the backfield a lot more. Hank Bachmeyer <laughs> looks like you're playing with Peyton Manning and Madden 06. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, not I really, fair. Come on. <laughs> that's better okay. than that. Yeah, Come he, on. he is. Okay. That's, that was meaner than I meant it to be. You're faster than me, probably. Very deep breach for a reference. I love to run with the quarterback and for some reason chose Peyton Manning to do it once in Madden 2006 and immediately regretted it and has lived with me for years in my head. Yeah, I don't think it really matters who you start in this game at quarterback, whether it be Jack Turner, Hank Bachmeyer, Blake Baker, Evan Bullock. I don't really care. You should be running the ball 80% of the time anyway. I don't care who you have at quarterback handing the ball off. Hell, run Wildcat. You need to run the ball against UTEP. Next game, sure. When we start playing these Thursday night games, yeah, we can talk about who the quarterback will be. But for right now, I honestly don't care. I just want Marquise Crosby back. I want Tyree Shelton back. I want Charvis Thornton back. I want Keith Willis Jr. to not be dead. I just want our running backs in line to be able to just run all over the minors. Yeah, you know what? While we're at it, let's just put Oceandorf in as a quarterback. <laughs> uh, I think it's Hank. I mean, if Hank is healthy... And if he's not healthy, I feel pretty good about Jack Turner in this game, too. But I think that to make a change from a veteran senior guy who's played a lot of football to the sort of relatively unknown, maybe more gunslinger, maybe put the ball in a little bit more danger. I think to make that change, it has to be super obvious that that's what you should do. And if you look at the stats, Hank Bachmeyer's stats are not bad. Now, watching the offense against North Texas when he was in and watching the offense against SMU when he was in, you know, the the eye test feels a little different. And I think that's what we're getting, like, you know, why people are asking, should Jack Turner be the starter, regardless of Hank's health? But I don't know. I mean, I hope that we are more willing to distribute the ball around the field and go downfield. Now, maybe against UTEP, that's not really the game plan, though, so... I think Hank gets the start in this game regardless, even if, um, you know, unless he's still hurt. Yeah, I I really just want to see, like you said, Evan, like if the play calling stays consistent, like with how it was in the Nebraska game. Yeah, sure. Put Hank in. I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around like why there's a significant change when Jack Turner is on the field with the play calling. I mean, I think there's an easy answer to that, and it it may not capture everything, but when Jack Turner entered the game against North Texas, we're down 17 points. So you have to sling it. And when Jack Turner, you know, starts against Nebraska, we know for a fact that we cannot run the ball against Nebraska. So you have to throw the ball around a little bit more. And I kind of wish that we had those numbers from PFF about, you know, how many times he looked downfield and stuff, because I bet Jack Turner looked downfield more often than Hank Bachmeyer does. But Mm -hmm. Part of it is the fact that we had 42 passing attempts versus 21 rushing attempts in that game. Whereas in every other game, Cumbie's trying to keep a balanced offense, right? He's not playing air raid. That's what we were promised, but it's it's not what we got. But I think the fact that, um, you know, we had double the passing attempts just makes Jack Turner look better, right? As a throwing quarterback. So if Hank gets those kind of numbers in terms of play calls, I think that that would benefit him in our eyes. But that's not the move in this game right Nathan I mean you don't want to have 42 pass attempts in this game because it means we didn't look at the stats and say oh (laughs) 
our running backs should be able to move the ball against this team. Right. Whatever they decide, I'm I'm interested to see how our offensive line continues from here. Right. Yeah. And if Hank comes back and looks bad, how long of a leash does he have? Things like that. Those are curious questions. If Jack Turner ends up starting from here on out, is he given as long of a leash if he starts to struggle as well? We kind of ended up in a quarterback situation after we felt like we really didn't think we'd have one at the beginning of the year. Um, I think actually one of the things we said in the pregame, you know, preview show of this podcast was if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And all of a sudden we have two quarterbacks. Oh, so, God. That means we're going for another three and nine season. Hey, we got to get to three first. Uh, and <sighs> the funny thing is, is that it does not look exactly as likely as we would hope that we get to 500 in this game. Uh, Massey gives Tech a 46% chance to win with the final score predicted of 27 to 24 UTEP. ESPN FPI, their football power index, gives Tech a 50.0% chance to win. Exactly 50-50 against the Miners, even going to the tens place on the percentage. And then Vegas, because they have to pick someone, favors UTEP by one with an over-under of 53, so a 27-26 to 26 final score predicted. Oof. It's going to be close. I mean, if you're looking at like the stats between the two teams that they put up this year, it is, it's it's a pretty even playing field. Yeah. So do so you think this will be a close game too, Courtney? Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't know what I said in the preview podcast. I know I picked Tech to win, but I think it's going to come down to like a field goal. Um, so I'll say I'm still going to pick Tech to win. I think it's going to be something along the lines of like, 27 to 24 and that was tech winning yes tech tech winning so just reversing the massey and giving us the 27 oh yeah sure i guess so (laughs) yeah ivan do you see it being that close of a match oh man uh no i i really don't the only thing that's holding me back is the fact that we haven't won a road game since 2020 uh (laughs) yeah that'll do it yeah so that's uh that's pretty rough, but I think we break that this week and, you know, my sort of looking at the stats seems to suggest that we should win this game by 14 points. In my opinion, you know, they can't stop the run. We've looked good against teams that can't stop the run and we've played pretty sound defense the last five quarters. You'd say, I mean, obviously I, I harped on the defense a little bit last episode giving up the big play, but they didn't give up you know, 10 yards per carry on every single play, right? UTEP turns the ball over so much and we've played pretty clean so far this year. I just, I think that we get the job done. I think uh, my misgivings about playing in El Paso too are kind of coming up here in my head, but I'm going to say something like 30 to 16 tech really gets the job done on the road here, you know, runs the ball effectively, even passes the ball effectively. I just don't think UTEP is a good team and I don't think we're a good team either, but I don't think we're as bad as UTEP. So we'll shake off those demons, win a road game, and uh, you know look forward at the rest of the season with our uh, our third win already in the bag. Yeah, I'm with both of you. I think this is a win. I think more along the lines of 24 to 10. It, it's never really in doubt. You know, maybe it's like seven seven early or something like that, but. I think that Tech has shown to be the better team so far this year. Assuming we get running backs back, at least one of them, please. I think that this is a team that we can run over. And just if we have the lead, we can keep the lead because we can just wear down the defense, keep possession of the ball. 
uh, have these long drives with just run after run after run to bleed the clock, wear down their defense, and not give them a chance to come back. And so that's exactly what I think will happen here. And that tech goes into October and the weirdness of October with a schedule with a three and three record. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Goat. No, it doesn't actually. I'm going to interrupt myself because we still have the tweet of the week. <laughs> this week's tweet of the week goes to Terry Netterville. We're at Terry Netterville without uh, the E yeah. because of Twitter's character limit, who tweets more sweet news for my Louisiana Tech peeps. One of my very favorite diamond dogs, Philip Matulia, has put a diamond ring on my daughter's finger. He became a brother to my boys when they played for Lane Burroughs and now become official through his love for her, their sister. Philip Matulia has proposed to the Netterville sister, whose name I, I don't that. know. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. But um, also, man, what a what a week for Terry Netterville. I mean, Steele finds out he's having a kid. Uh, yeah, so shout Boy, out to I the think- Netterville family. She was at the uh, statue unveiling, too. Just just a big week for her. Yeah. And and really, my, my takeaway from this is that's what Philip Matulia looks like without his beard. Yeah. Uh, Phil <laughs> Phil has cleaned himself up now that he's <laughs> done He's still got like ball. five o'clock shadow, though. It's like his beard's still trying. But he cut the hair, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he looks totally different. Maybe he just grows it out throughout the season. I don't know. Maybe. 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 Anyway, great news. And after a a frustrating loss in Lincoln, Nebraska, it's nice to see some good news. So that's your tweet of the week. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or follow us on Instagram or threads, gtpdd.dog. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it's also our website, gtpdd.dog, where you can do this week's contest. You know, guess, uh, I think we said earlier, UTEP's favored by one with that over under of 53. If you don't think that sounds right, let us know and see if you can do better than the rest of the people on Twitter. You can also buy this month's shirt of the month, which is still that 1973 national championship shirt. Uh, celebrating our win over Western Kentucky to claim that title. Get it now before we play Western Kentucky in a couple weeks. And then keep your eyes out on Sunday when the merch rolls around and we have a new merch of the month. Or pick up one of our old shirts or a sticker. All there, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And if you have thoughts about this game against UTEP and you want to voice them, even though it will be after midnight in my time zone, so, you know, late night calls, unlimited nights and weekends, use those minutes, <laughs> call our voicemail. Or text us. Or text us. At 9494-DNT-D-I-E. Or 9494-368-343. Numbers are hard. Numbers are hard. That's the big takeaway from this whole podcast. Numbers are hard. Anyway, until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Courtney. And go tech. Please don't die. But Evan, do you have it pulled up? What's this week's tweet of the week? I don't have it pulled up. Hey, Nathan, what's this week's Tweet of the Week? Thank you, Nathan. This week's Tweet of the Week goes to Terry Netterville.